when you have the ability to do anything and you do everything, you stand for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And it was that sort of route that was like, no, you've got to define what you want your legacy to be and then go build that. So you may know today's guest as a former pro skateboarder and the host of MTV's Ridiculousness. And this conversation is going to show you inside his mind. He's an incredible strategist, such a planner, someone who is so meticulous, something you don't see in the way you see his persona in his shows. So you're going to see a completely different side, a much more deeper session with the one and only Rob Deerdeck. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Today's guest is a school dropout turned pro skateboarder, turned TV host, turned entrepreneur whose incredible businesses span everything from food to shoes to real estate and entertainment. You'll know him as the host of MTV's Ridiculousness and also the founder of Dear Deck Machine. I'm so excited to introduce you to Rob Deerdeck. Rob, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, when we run through it in that order, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I just, he dropped out professional skateboard TV. Like it always, when I'm always reminded of the path through sort of those big buckets, it's always so funny to me to uh, think of like where I've arrived, you know? Yeah. You've reinvented and recreated yourself so many times in a positive sense. Yeah. Or just relentlessly evolved, mm. right? It's almost like you uh, you constantly evolve at such a pace. I'd even say, even when I look at interviews, if I do an interview every six to eight months, like I just, you know, I think back to our buddy Lewis Howe's School of Greatness that I did to really kind of set off doing podcast interviews. And I think about how much I grew in the two years in between that is so remarkable. So I'm almost using these type of interviews as uh, these sort of markers of the elevation that I'm doing every six to eight months. You know? I love that, man. That's such a beautiful way of looking at podcasts. Yeah. Bit of self-reflection. Because it's also the only place you can have like a real conversation, you know, yeah. that's that's a little bit deeper rather than when so I do a TV interview or something to promote one of the shows. It's like, tell us about the funniest video you got on there. Oh, wow. It's a guy that slides underneath a semi-truck and gets ran over but pops up and says, oh, my God, I didn't die. You know, it's like something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here that was the whole purpose of this podcast. My whole goal was how can I let incredible people like you have open conversations, allow you to share from a different side of yourself that you don't always get to share, give people a moment, a space to bring themselves from a more belief point of view, philosophies, views, ideas, things that drive you, motivate yeah. you. But I remember the first time we met, which funnily enough, we were both saying is the only time we've met, yeah. even though I feel like I've been watching you as well. I consume your content all the time, which is which is awesome. But the first time we met, we were together because of pig out chips and pig out bacon. And I found out that you're not vegan, but you love pigs, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, explain, explain to me how you got involved in Pig Out Chips. Let's start there. You know, you know I think it, it, it was really sort of my evolved sort of way of creating and investing in businesses. I think one of the big things that I really look at is that sort of do or dire, as I describe it, entrepreneur, uh, founder, right? And that was Bill Glazer and like what 
he really had is a very unique skill set. And then when I run through my principles, when I look at opportunity, it's do or die founder leadership team. It's white space, clear path to, to liquidity and unfair advantages, right? Is sort of what I try to run through the filter. And the thing about the product itself, we already know that sort of the vegan market and plant-based products are really sort of evolving. But it was like when I tasted it for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is like a revolution. This is bigger than like, this is bigger than just like, you know, and it was called Fresh Soul at the time. And I was like, man, this is like an entire category. This is like meat chips. You know what I mean? Like this is something so much more unique and it's entirely own vertical, right? And as I decided to invest with them, we went through sort of this unusual process, right? Like where for me, everything is validated through a financial model, right? And he had created one of the most beautiful tactical models on how he would grow the business door for door, skew for skew, margin for margin, like just the beauty of who you want to be in business with, right? And it's very rare that you have a creative mind, an operational mind, and a financial mind that's running a business, but was missing was it was called fresh soul. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, it's like, I'm like, you have this super unique product and, and this entire space is like Hampton Creek beyond meat. Like it's all this soft, like, like it, that's what you you expect. There's an opportunity to be louder and more aggressive in this space. And, you know, I was, you know, texting him and hitting him with like Vigilante <laughs> and like trying to think of like all these different sort of names or ideas. And he called me and said, I, th- I think I got an idea, man. What do you think about Pig Out? And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, that's aggressive. That's a little too aggressive, I think, you know, and uh, as I really started thinking about it. And then as he was like, you know, like no pig and it's all bacon products. I'm like, oh, God, it's, it's sticky, man. It's sticky. And and then, uh, you know, because what we were struggling with is like, are you like an honest co? Are you a craft? Like, do you have multiple verticals of products? Like, and the beauty of it is it landed on this sort of idea of pig out and then outstanding foods because taste will always be at the top of the pyramid, right? And that creative process together and that sort of evolution of ideation to go along with how smart he was and how clear he understood the business and the authenticity of Chef Dave and the creation of the product and both 25-year vegans, despite not being a vegan. I was like, man, this is this is just an absolute home run, you know, and 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 I came on at a very significant level, right? Yeah, so that absolutely. we would really become true partners, almost co-founders, if you will, in this completely evolved version of the business. And, you know, I, I think even a testimony to even Bill is finding someone like you, right? Of just like, hey, like you you create this deeply viral content of like He's just constantly evolving and getting in front of so many different layers of people from manufacturing to financial support to to creative support to uh, different ways to continue to evolve and push the brand pre-revenue to such mm. a high level. You Absolutely. Know? So it's the shining star. If I have 20 different portfolio companies right now that I've all 17 of which I built over the last two years, it's the shining star of what the archetype is, especially when you layer it against the principles, right? Mm. And the unfair advantages, 
uh, distribution relationships, ton of influencer investors, like great, clear path to acquisition long-term or going public based off of sort of the growth of the market. It really not only meets my four core principles, but at the top of the pyramid, he is uh, who I hope to be in business with in every single venture that I do going forward. That's beautiful, man. I love Bill. Bill, big shout out to you. We yeah, love you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bill, you got, look, I, yeah. you've heard it before, but now you've got it on Jay's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, and I love Pig Out Chips too, man. It's, yeah. it's a great product for sure. And I love the name. I didn't know that story. story. And I think even like I texted him like, the, the pig face and the out symbol, yeah. which led to like, man, we should make, when we were branding it, it was like, nah, like we should like underline the out, put the line to the out. And yeah. we need to make our uh, Tony the Tiger, like make like a streetwear yeah. sort of like cause, like pig character, which even led to creating even uh, the actual uh, pig character. And, and And one of the early things that I loved was it was this, joke that bill had of the pig character being like finally bacon i can eat right mm. and i just thought ah oh, that pigs love mushrooms and this is i just love this it's super edgy people it'll be super controversial and you know we, we wrote on it wrote on it right it says it on the package a little pig has a little bubble it says finally bacon i can eat and we took it so far that we posted a video of a pig eating it. And I posted it. This is great. And people just annihilated me. And, like, oh. I was like, man, like, I, I fundamentally, like, was so wrapped up in how funny and great the idea was. It was like, would you eat human-tasting chips? Right? Like, it just... And it was like a last second change where it affected me enough where I didn't really tell him. We talked about it a little bit, but weeks went by. And then right as we were about to go into production, I just had a panic call. I said, look, we got to take it off the bag. We got to take it off the bag. Like I, I just, it's, it's going to be permanent. Now it's going to be on every single shelf. It's one thing to, to like it, delete a social media post, but if it's like finally bacon, I can eat on a bag. It it could be a lot more problematic than it is uh, good for us. And changed it at the, at the last second. And I know we weren't going business. That's but I thought great. I was going to share no, no, another no. insight for you. <laughs> Do it. I love it. And yeah. I'm not against the business. I I want to I want to talk about business from you because I see the way you talk about business is philosophical. Yeah, yeah. Like the way you see business is philosophical. Because it's like an absolute deep life passion mm. and life mastery. So mm. you love it so much. And as someone that just engages with people's passions, regardless of whatever it is, I think it's contagious for anybody that's from that sort of mindset. Absolutely, you know? man. And it is. It's like, even for me, it's the it's the creation of it is what I love so much, you know? Yeah. And even to the point where I just no longer even invest in people's ideas. Like if I can't help shape it, if I can't push you and then you hit me with pig out, it's like, oh, if I can't go through that crazy process and then you, know, then it's like, here's the, the, the bag color. Like, well, here's the bag. It's like, what? Like every time the greatest thrill in the world is a conversation about an idea mm. to where it's finally in market and sold to someone, right? And mm. the entire process of that, right? And I don't like to operate businesses, right? It, it, I don't like to run them. 
I like to be in the creation side and built my system to make sure that I live in that stage. That's the birthing stage and the shaping. And then I create systems to ensure that it goes on and finds success because it's only fun when it works, mm. right? Because it's a you're so excited in that early stage yeah. and you get it to market and you can't find the consumer. Nobody wants it. Like now you're trying to mess with pricing strategy. Was our messaging wrong? Like, like that, that they call it the valley of death in business. Mm. And I like to refer to myself as a Sherpa through the valley of death. It's so fun till you get to market and then now you have to fight for your life to become a real business, right? Mm. And it, it's also thrilling from afar. That's why I love to help create finance and then advise because being in the trenches takes a lot of like heart, blood, sweat, and tears to actually make something come alive and really work. And and so I uh, love advising that to 20 uh, different people And then if you can imagine you have all this incredible experience that you can help share and all these different unique things that can support each of them that you learn from other ones and and which allows you to be an even better Sherpa, if you will, in those more critical times of what it takes to find growth, you know. And Rob dropped out of school at 16. (laughs) That is crazy, man. Like when you dropped out, like now when I hear you speak, it's like you got an MBA, like, you know, it's your understanding of business is even deeper than that because it's practical, it's tested, it's experimented. But when you dropped out at 16, see now it's become somewhat of a trend to talk about dropping out, being an entrepreneur, not having to go to college. When you did it, it wasn't cool. Like it wasn't the in thing to do, I'm sure. Were you scared? Look, I'm- Were you excited? It was different circumstances because I was gifted with deep belief. Right. So it wasn't like it was going to school was just problematic for my path. Right. So I didn't look at it like, am I taking some sort of risk? I was also raised by entrepreneurs. Like everyone around me started companies, every single person. It's why I quit school at 16 and started my first company, built it soup to nuts, conceptualized the entire concept, put together the entire uh, product line, the the entire team. It was a skateboard truck team and built the hand drew the logo. I was reading this book, The Orion Prophecies, uh, and and created the Orion Trucks, you know, this uh, part of the skateboard and launched that at 18, right? So that was the the beginning of the process. So I never looked at it as, am I taking a leap of faith and taking some big risk, I looked at it as I grew up with entrepreneurs, everyone around me started companies, I'm going to quit school and start a company didn't even like uh, occur to me any other way. And and I also uh, was offered to become a professional skateboarder at the time, despite the fact that you didn't make any money doing it, right? It was still like, after my after six months, they guaranteed me $1,000 a month if I moved to California and I was like, yeah, I'm moving. Let's go. Right? Like to me, it's like, cause I would get $200 check, a $300 check, $600. I'd only get paid off board sales. Yeah. And you know, in that, that year in December, before I moved to California, I sold one board and got a $2 check. Right. So you getting guaranteed $1,000 was just like, you might as well have hit the lottery uh, back then, you know? Yeah. So life changing. And, and again, Blessed with belief. Just 
blessed with a self-belief and very little doubt and everything you set at chased, you achieved, which then built the foundation even further, which has always been, you know, uh, something that is the gift that I know is the greatest gift that I actually have because it really is like being an athlete or any other sort of uh, mastery or experiencing you're developed, but it's the most powerful because it's the core of everything that you ultimately choose to do in your life, you mm. know? Uh, and, and that to me is, is what I'm most thankful for from that era. And fortunately you jumped off, did a bunch of things and they worked and all it does is reinforce that, right? Like, very few times have I been faced with like a deep failure that wasn't a deeply clear lesson that was a part of growth, right? There's Mm -hmm. uh, no missing elements inside and none devastating enough that made me question uh, my abilities or whether or not I would eventually find the success that I sought inside you know that's a huge blessing man how does everyone oh. get that blessing can they oh i i i would say in self-reflection mm. it's a very unusual point of view to have introspect about growth right and how can i share and and how can you learn from from someone who has the hardest thing to actually evolve within yourself that most people have to create it over time rather than refine it over time Mm -hmm. and and it it kind of puts me in this this place of where a lot of times when i do you know podcasts or conversations or interviews um for events or whatnot I, i always feel somewhat unrelatable because of that sort of core nature is already a great advantage in chasing dreams in the first place you know and and I can't tell you through experience how to build it. I can just tell you what I've done with it to optimize it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is much different. You Thank know? you for the honesty, man. Yeah, it's good not, to hear that honesty. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to it's hear a weird, It's a weird, like... <laughs> I get it. I almost feel guilty at times. Yeah, you know I, I mean? can when you're see like, it. God, you're I so happy. You have, I'm like, look, man, I'm, I'm so lucky. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to now try to be this like extraordinary version of myself because I'm not trying to like rebuild then build right like it's a it's it's a you know I'm a little sheepish about it but it's (laughs) own it man own it own it own it it's awesome I love it I love it I can I in my teens I felt I uncovered the ability to follow my intuition very closely yeah so when I probably around the same time that you're speaking about when I was 16 I felt like I really started listening to my inner voice. And now my inner voice is so loud yeah. that I don't know what else to follow. Yeah. And so all the decisions I've made, whether they've been big risks externally or big risks, how other people see them, for me, it's been easy because that voice has just been so loud. Yeah. And the, the other voice, which is trying to block me or stop me or fearful, I can barely hear it. Yeah. And it's only got louder and louder and louder. Yeah. And you're right, it's an unfair advantage. And look, and I would argue, I. I walk that same side too, right? Mm-hmm. Where where the intuition, consistency, right? Where you, uh, your gut tells you a certain way, you're patient, then it happens. Mm-hmm. There's another massive, massive cornerstone to this level that I've reached because now you believe so much in your ability 
to manage what's happening inside the universe that you don't control, but having clarity on, on what you want the outcome to be. And then being patient as you're kicked around each thing that gets you there, which is also another massive skill set that's hard to teach that, mm-hmm. like you're saying, when you're gifted with it is a great advantage on pursuing dreams, but also pursuing happiness, right? And mm-hmm. and being able to navigate through the unknown with just feeling is incredibly difficult as well. Mm-hmm. You know? But I like what you said. You grounded it in self-reflection and self-observation is a great place to start. Yeah. Like that's a great place to start, just building that yeah. dialogue. It's, it's a part of it, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're just mastering yourself. Yes. You yes, know, yes. and you're just trying to master yourself, your world, everything that actually means the most to you and what you need for energy and what takes energy from you. It's just different for everybody, right? And, yeah. and people that listen to podcasts or into personal development or growth, you're really just trying to take little nuggets that you can apply to mastering yourself and your own world that ultimately leads to fulfillment, purpose, and happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about some of your core principles and cornerstones, and and more importantly, how did you create those? Like, where did they evolve from? Yeah, and, and look, to me, it's 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 being tuned in with energy, right? Mm. And and it's And it's very much more to do with feeling light, Right. It, there's just that when your existence is really based around uh, you get up every day and you're just like a fire's lit based off of all you get to do. Yeah. Right. And and there's no aspect of your existence that pulls against you. But all of it, I would even argue rather than pushes you, just lightens you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for me, it was the discovery of that in my late 30s and the pursuit of getting as light as possible and and really going deep into having a greater understanding of what are the things that that are are missing from really getting you to this this deeper place of lightness if you will to where everything around you is is energy and I went through a, a process right of of I found that it became incredibly binary, right? It was either you looked at something in a negative way or a positive way. Mm. So I would just track all aspects of my life every single day, uh, zero to 10, how I felt about my life, health, and work. And by doing it every day, like you just end up just having a data point, that point, you just begin to see all the things that are so clear that are taking away from you. And then I just began to clear all of them. And it probably took three years to really do. And I don't compromise them, right? I I recently uh, spent some time with the great Clinton Sparks, who has this incredible concept of defending happy, right? Where he's like, man, I've just never heard anybody who's so committed defending happy the way you are. And, And I never really like quite looked at it like that, but that's actually the clear perspective and sort of what I've evolved into where designing a life in such a way that everything that you do and every decision you make is either leading towards your legacy, uh, your lifestyle or, or your happiness, and then making sure that you don't ever do anything uh, 
uh, other than what supports that, right? Mm. And, and as you described it, you're defending happiness. And it's like, man, that's, man, that's, really, that's what really is what I'm doing, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's uh, life systems and, and the, the people that I allow into my life, how and what I do every single day, the type of businesses that I do, the type of people that I'm in business with, how I live in those businesses, the structure I need with those businesses, how I look at my finances, how I look at, at money, how I look at where I want to live, how many kids I want to have, my relationship with my wife, like every single aspect of all of it into one uh, holistic system that ultimately is built to just be happy. And defend happiness. I love you said that. So yeah. it's a beautiful principle. And I actually, it's parallel to what I, when I studied again, when I was mentioning the Vedic philosophy earlier, there's a beautiful statement that says that when you protect your dharma, your dharma is like your duty, what you were born to do, your calling, your passion, yeah, purpose, etc. Yeah. When you protect your dharma, your dharma protects you. Yeah. And so when you're talking about defending happiness, yeah, it's like protecting so and defending. Yeah. And when you protect your intentions, when you define them, when you defend them, as you said, yeah. then and I would say you protect the, back. In the hardest part, especially hearing it, and, and it's because like at the end of the day, these deep principles of happiness are tried and true. Mm. How you design them for yourself is the difficult part, mm -hmm. right? Because like so your, your wants and needs are so complex that it's not a one size fits all to, to design it and then defend it. Right. And, and I think for me, I refer to it as lifestyle and legacy. Like what life, what, how do you want to live? Like I, like fancy things. Like I, I want to live in a giant, beautiful house that I hit a button and all the doors go away on with giant land. And like, you know, I want crazy cars and explore the world the smoothest and easiest way. Right. Like I love the conveniences in my legacy. I want to be all of the ideas that I sat in room with entrepreneurs and created and shape and build and, 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 20 years from now, the hundred plus businesses that, that I helped uh, develop and, and define and, and then the life that I led doing it, right. Mm -hmm. Of showing that like, man, you can actually be incredibly successful, work incredibly hard and be super balanced and super happy. Right. And it's only comes from when you've mastered yourself, designed a life plan that has scale so that it can evolve with you. And it's, it's built within sort of these core ideas that can evolve and grow with you over time, you know, mm. is super hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You're making it sound easy. Yeah, it's like, I'm listening man. to you and it sounds like music. Right. But, <laughs> but, like, but yeah. I know everyone else listening is going, yeah, yeah you, you do you that. Know, yeah. You're yeah. like, you're like, you're like, of course I got to do that. I got to do that. I get a plan. Then you go to like build the plan. It's like, oh, I want to buy a house. Okay. I want to buy where, you know, it's like, yeah. it gets incredibly difficult at those layers. Then watching it come alive. Once you've designed, now you're living it. Oh, it's, it becomes this remarkably thrilling thing to where like now you're optimizing these already deeply optimized plans even further, right? Which makes it really begin to feel like you are controlling reality because you keep specifically laying out how you're going to do stuff and you keep doing it over and over, mm. which really then begins to feel like you have control of the uncontrollable. 
You know what I mean? Is is the beauty of it. But I love how you embrace the paradox, right? Because yeah. in one side, you're like hosting ridiculousness. You're yeah. like all these silly videos. They're funny. Yeah. They're meaningless in one sense, yeah. you know, but they're fun. They're yeah. fun. They're entertaining. Yeah. And then on the yeah. other end, we're sitting here talking about yeah. like, meaningful depth and intention yeah. and clarity. Like you yeah. literally, em you embody the paradox. Right. But keep in mind, it's part of the transition. Mm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I would never do ridiculousness today, right? Like it was, I looked at it as this business opportunity when I created it, read an article with Vinnie DeBona, did 500 million in global syndication with America's Funniest Home Videos. I was like, man, it's so slow. If I made like a cool, fast-paced one, I could put it into segment, like had a vision for for what it could be but could have never predicted it mm. to this level right mm. now it's this unique art form right because i put together these episodes then i just f basically freestyle comedy uh for 45 minutes straight that gets touched cut down into a a television show but it was also sort of the world of like I got cartoons on Nickelodeons. I own professional skateboarding leagues. I got Fantasy Factory where I'm getting attacked by sharks and flipping cars. And I own racehorses. And, you know, I got all this different stuff. I have all these different businesses. I got ridiculousness. Like, you know, it, it became this sort of the, the way that I always describe it is when you have the ability uh, to do anything and you do everything, you stand for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And it was that sort of route that was like, no, you've got to define what you want your legacy to be and then go build that. Now, the difference is, is I'm afforded a transition of having deep notoriety for being a clip show host. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, and it's like, it's not the... It's powerful in the sense that it's like, man, you another thing you just created out of nowhere, yeah. like name and idea and went and found the resource and did it like, you know, from, you know, writing a skit for a skateboard video that turned into Robin Big, the television yeah. show that turned into like, I know how to write show. I'm going to write a show that that allows me to showcase my businesses and myself. And then it was like, man, I don't want to be shooting this reality. I'm going to write a show that I can shoot in a studio, you know, where it would take me six months to shoot 10 episodes of Fantasy Factory. And I could shoot 10 episodes in three days of yeah. ridiculousness, right? It's like even sort of the evolution and, and all of it. And the fact that you were uh, this pro skateboarder and all these sort of different things, it's its a remarkable history to go along with the foundation that built you, but the, the drive and the desire and the passion is to be known for something completely different. And it you look back on it and say, hey, oh yeah, Annie used to, I used to love his shows type yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Is yeah. is and right now we're in the transition. And yeah, I would almost I argue that. the transition is probably about, you know, five, six years long. Mm -hmm. And it started with sort of the evolved thinking that led to even doing Lewis's podcast, the first time I've done any press in years of had any conversations about it. And if I've only done podcasts basically over these last couple of years. Uh, there's there again those cornerstones of yeah. of the transition uh that will eventually get there but look 
it's also a lot of fun to do. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, it's still like always amazing, funny guests, you know, from Kevin Hart to, to Mike Tyson to so many different interesting individuals. And then you just get on stage and, and you know, you, you feel like, you know, you're like a rapper or something. Well, you're like controlling <laughs> the flow and moving yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a really remarkable thing to have learned to master that ultimately was something you created that ends up being a massive business because you've built everything as a business that also supports even your evolved business mind and will be another great business story as it's related to my production company that produces all the shows and the value that it's created for me you know mm. Absolutely. And it's, it's fascinating hearing it from me because I love how much emphasis you place on the transition and yeah. evolution. Yeah. Because often people, we're, we're either focused on the end or the beginning. Yeah. But the transition and the evolution is like the in-between piece, which is yeah. often forgotten or we don't want to be in. Yeah. Because it's yeah. harder. Yeah. It's harder to be in the transition. Yeah. And, no, it's easy to be in the transition. It's hard to have a conversation about the transition. Right. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Like, you know, where it's like, you no know, talks, yeah. you, it's one of those things where you know what you're doing, right? You, you mm -hmm. know how much you're evolving and what you're actually creating and what it's going to be. It's as clear as day. But the public still sees you so much differently, yeah. right? And really, why I really don't do anything but a long-form conversation with individuals that are interested in in the depth and willing to to engage and want to understand it uh, more because then it's it's laying the foundation of like articulating where it's headed the right way yeah. you know what i mean yeah because yeah, yeah. uh, it's not it, it's the which avoids doing like traditional press you mm. know what i mean it's, mm. and for me that's really when probably two years from now then i'll start turning the content towards all uh, business creation content and, and eventually like showcasing my true way of thinking in real time with every single one of these ideas and entrepreneurs that I'm creating with. So then it's like, A, creates the gravity of other great entrepreneurs and minds that are like, I want to build a, a business with him, right? Because I look at it as art and science, right? I don't, I put my entire system for the world to see on how I build because I'm still an architect, right? It's still me shaping and, and looking at the data and using my system to like figure like who the target audience is and how can the product line scale and what's the real messaging and what does it stand for? Where's the real opportunity? Who, like it's all of that is the art side. Mm. Um, and uh, it will eventually be what the loudest version of my voice is once the uh, this side of it is done but it'll still be done in that same sensibility that was a pro skateboarder that wrote a skit that led to a television show that led to five television shows and you know hundreds of of episodes and you know 10 plus year run on on MTV yeah. you know that same sensibility will now be much more evolved and and the principles and the sound will be more about living an extraordinary life mm. and all the things that I've created were with purpose that all ultimately just level back to happiness. Yeah. Right? As opposed to seeking to achieve any material or financial 
record mark, but I still judge myself by that because it's still uh, the ultimate scorecard as it relates to building a business. You mm, know? Mm. If you're listening closely, guys, Rob keeps saying the words clear and clarity, yeah. clear and clarity. Like you've yeah. been repeating them over and over again, whichever question we've been into, you're obsessed with clarity. Yeah. But most people struggle with clarity because we live in an unclear world, yeah. an uncertain world. How are you so fixated on finding it and how are you finding it? I, you know, I, I'm... Again, I think it's the most difficult thing to do. You know, I go back to <laughs> it's that. Another good you know, blessed, yeah. You know what I mean? You go back to that design, but I put an anchor in the ground mm. of like, like I'm not stopping till it all makes sense and it all connects. And and the question it was, stop looking at everything separately, right? Stop looking at how you want like. Uh, your relationships to be, how you want business to be, how you want your free time. Stop looking at any of it separately. And what what type of life do you want? Now start looking at all the things that are making that life problematic. And now start learning all the things that you need to learn in order to achieve that. And then over time, it refines into this. It just keeps getting more granular and more granular. It starts as a a messy solar system starts as a messy galaxy and turns into a star, into a solar system, down into a molecule, down into an atom type of thing. You know what I mean? It's like all the way down to string theory, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you just keep getting more clarity in all of those defined aspects. But the hardest part is defining those buckets first and going through the first couple layers that get you to that point to do it. And I don't know, right? It's how I think, right? So it's how my mind thinks of everything of like, like big picture, break it down to here. And then as you're breaking it down, you, you break it down even further every step of the way. And, and you're learning more and evolving. The path never changes, but the strategies and how you actually get there continue to evolve. And I don't know if, again, that's even fully teachable. Right. Mm, it's mm. it's principle based, but there is the art of it is the ability to see into those layers as they're happening, pause and rebuild when you see a new layer to add to it. Right. And that is a creative, strategic right brain, left brain sort of thing. Right. And and when I talk about it, it some people connect with it. Some yeah. people are like, man, he's just talking gibberish right because no. it's so hard to like fully understand what it is and i i reflect on like my wife's friend went and saw me like do an interview at this event and she was like i mean i just don't think anybody understood what you were saying right and it was like <laughs> and it was like man it's like man she's like in like Best feedback you know and it's 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 because it's an evolved way of thinking for an evolved person right so it's it's like even a couple steps removed from just like you're 23 years old and you're trying to like figure out like what it's going to take for you to find motivation mm. how am i going to find my passion these big like these big anchors that without you're like literally you have no sale no rudder you're just a no man's land without those right mm. and 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 my way of thinking and talking just is never going to support helping somebody find motivation or passion, right? No. Like it, it's only for those that have, that have that 
internal fire that will never stop like evolving and, and, and growing. And, and then ultimately um, these are the tactics that I've put in place to try to keep evolving that to an even higher level. Yeah. Know? The reason why I'm loving this conversation is because so many people today are, are fixated on, and for good reason, not in a bad way, fixated on demystifying everything. And as I'm t- like, you know, we're always trying to break things down. We're yeah, always trying to come yeah. with three steps to this and seven yeah. steps to this. And, and that's useful. Like anyone who's listening, I come up with content like that to help you find your passion yeah. and purpose. I get the need for it. But what I also love about this is that you're remystifying it. Right. Right. Like, like the whole world's trying to demystify it. And yeah. Rob's trying to remystify it. <laughs> because there is a beauty in mysticism. There is a beauty yeah. in exploration. There is a beauty in intellectual curiosity. Yeah. And not having everything laid out in diagrams like as much as you love data yeah which you do like you said at the, right at the beginning you said bill put forward a business plan with mm. clarity and broke it down like you love that loved it but at the same time you also like experiencing the process of figuring things out yeah and 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 not having everything as tactical yeah and, and look and i'm i also look at my path um also it it I didn't, this didn't happen to my late thirties. Mm. You know what I mean? You're talking about someone that had great success and done all these different things and, and, and still couldn't, even though you were always about growth and always tried unique things to, to kind of help evolve your mindset and always get better, you know, and fundamentally I always made this commitment to myself that I'd always be better the, the each following year more than the previous year. Right. It still wasn't till there was this deep, commitment Mm. to mastering life Mm. right and it's it's the one thing that needn't be mystified because it's a it's really what you're hunting and the incredible joy of it is i think it's going to be in a place that then i get to live out the next half of my life in this like life mastery of just complete bliss because it took me five to 10 years of fully committing to living the, the life that I want to actually go and and do it. Right. Mm. And I think it has a lot to do with my age too, you know, of, of getting older and, and, and not just wanting success, but wanting clarity and, and seeking, uh, seeking it on my own terms, right? Of mm. not letting somebody say, hey, this is how you should look at life. Really like what type of life do you want? And mm. wow, let's start building it, right? Mm. And, and I think anybody can do that at any time. Mm. It's just based off of circumstances, right? It's mm. like I'd already reached an, a certain level of success that allowed me to do that, right? To, yeah. Without the, the the pain and stress of of, of financial burdens or some sort of complexities of the relationships and people in my life, someone being sick or something, you know, there's all these different factors that could affect the ability to ever get there that I was also fortunate enough to never ever come across. Right. Which I always equated it to when I was younger to having an old soul and great guardian angels. Mm. Right. And I'd just be like, man, I just like, like something is looking over me that keeps allowing me to like not, catch a, a an L here because I'm putting myself in some bad positions, you yeah. know? And, and I, as I've evolved, I simplified it back then. And now I just, I look at it as it's more like, 
you actually just have this ability to manage the world and your universe and your intuition to guide you the, the way, like you said, and as you've gotten older, now you've learned to like man- use it uh, rather than before it just sort of helped you. Now you can mm-hmm. use it as like a tool type yeah. thing. You know? Yeah, that that unconscious ability becomes conscious. Right. And you're able to say, okay, before I could sense stuff, but now I'm going to actively put it into practice and action right. so that I can guide myself and navigate. Not many people can relate to that. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it's right, like, right, unless right. it's very hard to, to try to get somebody to believe Oof. in their ability to manage it, their own intuition and, and control the uncontrollable if they've never experienced it. Mm. it it's like my mom certainly like, oh, I pray that <laughs> the Lord does that for me. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's like, there's no chance, like, you know, that even idea of an evolved way or mastering life, it doesn't, it doesn't even, not even in her mind, a way of thinking, uh, no part of the system, no anything. She's still cut from the world of like, this is what you're, this is how you're supposed to live and I'm going to live it out. Mm. Right? Like, mm. and, and that, uh, I think in this particular era that we're in, what I like to call the wellness squad era, mm. uh, where there's so many platforms and this deep evolved in, and especially in this younger millennial world, this evolved way of thinking of like, you can better yourself and evolve and create your own life on your terms is a bigger movement. It, we're so close to it that it feels like, like we connected with so many people that are a part of it, but I think we'll look back 10, 15 years from now as like the beginning of this much deeper wave. That's a, a, a part of evolving, like even just our entire species mm. long-term, you know what mm. I mean? Yeah. A uh, little bit far, but in, in that degree of how important this sort of zone is of where it's now normal for everybody to talk about how they can improve themselves. Yeah. Where before it was like, what can I learn to get me a job yeah. to pay for a life that I can have fun on the weekends, right? Like is is what we're uh, breaking out of. You know? Yeah. Yeah, the seeds are being planted right now. Yeah. Like you're saying, like this wave, it's interesting when you think about it, how we'll look back at this wave. Yeah. Because even in the wave, there's so many different movements, but, but yeah. the point you're making still yeah. stands that- yeah. This is the seeds are being planted. Yeah, and I, I think there's, I think all the different styles in the wave are just the beginning. Yeah. I think, you know, 20, 30 years from now, like it will just be a part of it, you know, this, what you connect with and who you connect with and how they're growing and evolving and you basically piggyback on growing and evolving with them. Yeah is going to be a, a, a major sort of thing, man. And, and mm. I, I think everybody that's doing it now, it will be much bigger on a much higher level on, a, on, and be way more mainstream and normal. Like to me, it's almost like underground, like hip hop. Right yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it, it's, it's going culture, to yeah. be like this much bigger sort of thing, like, because there's real effect there's real when you are growing and evolving and learning and just being a better version of yourself, it's undeniable, mm. right? And, yeah. and and I think in this 
in the previous generation, you went to church for that sort of idea of where you're going to find a more traditional spirituality, if you will. And, and then uh, the other side of it, uh, you know, becoming a monk for three years, doing all these other, it's too far over here, but dead in the middle, there's like, no, it's just about your own journey and what you actually need to evolve and become a better version. And then when you start seeing that output in your relationships, in your energy, in your happiness and all these things, it's so much more quantifiable than putting small practice into something that doesn't have an actual output. Mm, mm. Is just my broader theory. I love it, man. On where you I'm might be headed, you. man. On I'm, where you might be headed. I'm with you know? it. I love it, man. I love hearing it from your perspective because I feel like you've lived through cycles. Like you already have. Like you still, I mean, you still are. You're defining cycles too, but you lived through cycles. So I always get fascinated listening to someone who's lived through cycles and then knows how to look back. Yeah. Like I'm still living through a cycle and then I'll be able to look back. Yeah. But, you know, you've done that multiple yeah. times. And the, the hard part is learning, looking back, being part of it. Mm. And it's like, man, you, like, especially like, I almost feel like you, you're, you're, you only have so much energy, right? So it, sometimes you dedicate a ton of energy to growth and make a, make a, mm -hmm. make a deep run, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're in sort of cruise control because you're, you're working on stuff you grew to. And then you don't, it's like, even, even the pace of it is, is super unique. And I, I would almost say that I'm in this like weird sprint cycle, you know, almost like the Ray Dalio, like he does this like sort of like big idea, failure, big growth. It's just these sort of loops that mm, keep going mm, up mm. and I can just feel those. And yeah. And again, why I go back to like these podcasts become these marks of like how much different, same sort of ideology, yeah. core principles, but how how they're evolving because I am in this like just hyper evolving space where you pick something you want to involve in and then you go so deep to take a leap forward. And, and now, you know, imagine then you just keep surrounding yourself even further and deeper with other people that are part of that, that evolution and that growth. And you just keep like uh, compounding almost uh, your knowledge and, and the evolution of, of the growth of that I think will eventually settle out. Right. Mm -hmm. Because at some point you won't, I don't think I'll want to commit the same energy to the evolution mm -hmm. as much as I will, uh, want to be able to uh, maximize and enjoy what I would consider the peak of myself, but I don't know that. Yeah, so, you know what I mean. I don't even. I couldn't yeah, even, like. Wouldn't even imagine. I you would wouldn't be know. Able to Articulate it at <laughs> this point. So you know, who who knows what uh, ten years from now will be like? Yeah, yeah. I've noticed those cycles as well in people of the the five that I've broken it down to that I've experienced and seen is is learn cycles. Like when you're in a cycle where it's all about learning, it's all about growth, it's just observing, reflecting. And then moving on from that is experimenting and testing. It's a cycle that you're in where you just, you're trying out loads of things, personally, professionally, whatever it is, you're just figuring it out. You don't know what's gonna work. And then the third one's like performing. You get into a bit of a groove and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. this is moving, this is happening. This is, you know, you, you start seeing patterns yeah. and you start seeing formulas and you start seeing things add up. And then the fourth one, which we all know, which is like struggle. Yeah. Right, like you're in a cycle where you're just like, you're trying, you're performing, but you're just, yeah. you know, knocking on a door, it's not knocking. And the fifth one is, is thriving. 
Like sometimes you're in a cycle where things are just in yeah. flow yeah. and you're thriving and everyone always wants to be and thrive. Yeah. But the challenge is you got to do the four before and it's continuous. Yeah. Um, so those are the ones I've observed. No, least. I think I would argue that that's probably it to, to, um, to the T. Okay. And then I would say it, almost like to go back to what I'm, uh, my overarching principle there, uh, or statement is I think my journey is to thriving all the time, mm. right? Like mm. at, at some point you have fully optimized something. Right now, there might be little things that come along that allow it to be better, but at certain points, you have fully uh, created something for yourself. In, in my sense, it would be a life system and a way of living that now uh, has you at such a level that even this incoming unpredictable chaos is it, there's a system for how that even works in there to to manage it and how it even it, it fully works and. And nothing can break through your defense of your happiness would be living in at, at a thriving level, right? Mm. And, and I would almost, you know, you know, we they call it the flow state of when that energy is like yes. when life is effortless, yep. right? And the only way to stay uh, effortless is to uh, make sure so many aspects of it are under control and protected so that nothing can come in and 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 cause the problems that force you to get out of that state in order to correct or put energy into to fixing uh, something that you should have been able to see coming mm. more or less. Right. Like, but that's, I would say that's the the great goal is to like one day just be in thrive mode yeah. and just live in thriving forever. You yeah. Know? And I, I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Like even look, I, I know you probably meditate for like 10 hours at a time. Too. <laughs> uh, you know, and I couldn't even like quiet my mind for a second. And, and even since I use like a dome that I get in and, and, and meditate in, I only listen to one meditation, right? And it's a, a, the manifestation uh, meditation. It's a guided 20 minute mm -hmm. thing. And I just think about every bit of life of what I want to happen and, and, and visualizing it, playing it out. And it, it always leads to this incredible happy feeling uh, in the house that I build and my whole family there and all together just having like a super simple moment, whether it's watching TV or having dinner, like it always leads to that sort of moment and the feeling in it is the feeling of thriving at a high level where mm. there's just, there's, there's very little worry and you are as light as a feather living in true earthly happiness you know mm. what I mean? yeah you you mentioned the earthly happiness do you see a difference in in realms and I, yeah i look i can't i um I, I can't call it other than i just think this is when you look at how we've evolved and what we understand of the universe as a whole where these fleshy sketchy objects that could you know a, a, i could trip and hit my head and that's it this whole thing's up like where it's you're gone right like mm. and so to me, I, I just don't even think we have the ability to even wrap our heads around how this in, entire system is actually connected. And fundamentally, the closer we get to it, the further it gets away. Because yeah. it's not like all it is is that much more insane. Every single night I watch something to do with the universe before I go to bed. 
as I'm falling asleep, right? Just the the scale and what the universe is so fascinating to me, right? And this idea that a hundred years ago we, you know, five hundred years ago it was like, oh shoot, we're not the center of the universe. The sun is, right? Then hundred years ago it was like, man, we're not in a, a galaxy. We're in one of billions of galaxies, and guess what? They're all like going away from each other. Like that means. You know, and we can look back and see that, oh, my gosh, this whole thing started 14 billion years ago. Now we know how long and what this entire trip, like, we are never going to ever get to a place that can answer any fundamental question through science that will ever equate to our consciousness, right? We just won't. There's no dad. Nothing's ever going to happen. And then we'll never, we can land on the Big Bang, but all we land on is well, what happened before that, yeah. right? Like you got yeah. nowhere to go. Like we, that's the only, that's our only question. Our question is, oh, is it real? Like, oh, we're not real. Then none of this is real. Like there's, there's no way you could possibly put any level of int- intellect and self-conversation and figure anything out. But what is fundamentally true is your It's all, you know, at the bottom that we're just bits of energy that are fully connected through this giant wave of energy, right? And Mm -hmm. what, what the, what does that ultimately mean from a long-term spiritual aspect? It's hard to lock in Mm -hmm. uh, necessarily on, on something for me personally, but, but I certainly uh, connect with the idea that uh, it's part of what allows you to use your intuition and deep clarity and all these different aspects to attract and have things that actually evolve in the real world that you get to experience and actually live. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I think beyond that, it's it's just I don't have an answer or even cool. don't have the time for the question yeah. that would ultimately – benefit me because i would keep hitting the same roadblock on the yeah. fundamentals you know I mean? no it's great in your thoughts man i'm really glad when you talked about your meditation your visualization you yeah. talked about seeing your family i wanted yeah. to talk to you a bit about your family we were yeah. speaking about your son earlier yeah. uh and i thought i what i admire about you is when i look at your life from the outside in because i'm looking at it from the outside it's beautiful that your family has been such a great focus for you yeah. and and is so meaningful to you and you know, I, I read this, I picked this out from, I went into your your wife's Instagram profile. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at some yeah, of her long good. captions. She writes great yeah, captions. She's so good. Yeah. Your wife writes awesome captions. But in one of them, she wrote this. She said, she said that you started talking about marriage and kids on your first date with your now wife, mm. right? I wanted to ask you, how did that strategy pan out and do you recommend it? Look, I am, <laughs> I knew I was going to marry her from the instant, right? And I felt my whole life I would know instantly as well. That's how much a deep believer in true love that I I just never wavered on, right? Mm-hmm. And there were times where I thought like, ah, like, am I being unrealistic? But I, I steadfast to it. And I would go back to that unrelatable story again right where it's like when I tell the love story with my wife and how insane it is that like I always felt like I was connected to Hawaii and then her and families from the same small town in Ohio I'm from and it's like what and then like 
Like then to find out that she swam with dolphins for uh, because she was a make a wish child and had six months to live in Hawaii and then decided she was going to let herself live. Like it was like the moment she told that story, I was like instantaneously, this is my wife. Then the actual path to marriage to children and the actual relationship that we have, I couldn't even fathom that a relationship like this was possible, that it ultimately is the cornerstone of what shifted my mind from looking at all these different things and know what does forever look like? This is, this is now us and our universe forever. Mm. And it's the purest, realest love, like this deeply like unwavering, zero question, zero doubt, zero like it's so deeply meant to be impure. It feels unrealistic to sharing it with people. You know what I mean? I go back to that, like, oh, of course you do. You know, what I love mean? This, oh, of course yeah. you like have that. And unrelatable, so like, right? Like unrelatable. Remystifying like, Rob. Yeah, like this is not Rob. like here's Rob. Like with this another thing of just like oh, you know, it's I love when it, it, man. it when it piles up in again. It's why it puts me in this like weird oh, I when, when when I talk about it on that level, but it is this deep unknown, right? That is the only reason I was able to evolve to this to this place. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that even to her, she just will never fully like, even though I tell her all the time, I would never like, you know, because I I live in a world where I get overwhelmed with happiness. Mm. I'm like in the kitchen. I'll be like, God, I'm so happy, right? Like I get, oh, like why? Like I just, I just love my life. Like it, I get overwhelmed, deeply overwhelmed with it. And I always tell her, it's like, I would, I would never have had the ability to get here without you. And oh, that's not true. That's not true. You know what I mean? Like, no, it, it really yes. would be impossible because I do believe to get to that level that you do need a partner and need to be connected at a deep level to create your own universe together. I think it's just essential, you know, and, but not necessarily, I guess, I think in experience of so many people I know, I don't hear very many people talk the way that I talk about their wife, uh, that they've been together for, for years and have children with, you know what I mean? So, and, and look, and the beauty of it is, I'm thankful, you know what I mean, and like, like what a what a what an incredible thing. But then, best believe, our children feel that energy in the realest mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's yeah. like there's no you can just see in how they're evolving and what they are that they are from this deeply happy home of love, and like there's no the the confidence and the way that they talk and think and who they are already at at one and two and and how happy they are is because they don't know an environment that's that's any other way right and it's never wavered you know it's like i have very rarely never been singing my son awake and my daughter awake first thing when they get up you know what i mean and very rarely do i not put them to bed you know and and i think that that sort of aspect is going to create long-term stability for 
them just finding their own happiness, right? Because I don't ever want to like for, like make your own decision. If you end up being like unmotivated because we live in this castle and like <laughs> dad's super cool and he's like, whatever. If you don't want to go to school, let's 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 go to Hawaii. <laughs> like you know, I don't have any preconceived like thoughts on on how they'll evolve. It's really like funny to see my one year old daughter how she has this raspy laugh and just laughs nonstop at everything mm. and how happy she is like how cool my two-year-old is who was born cool who just never wanted to be held like who even this morning no kisses dad i'm gonna kiss you like and how you're seeing them already shaping into who they're they're and, and who they're going to be and i want to be responsible for it but i just know i'm not Right, like I, you just don't have like like I know we're giving you a great base and this solid foundation, but that you, the soul that's in you, is the person that is in you, it is not being created day to day here. That that is you were born this way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and it's a it's an incredible process to to watch come alive and i think even going back to where we were speaking earlier and you're like when does a kid walk like at five yeah. <laughs> right like what was it like two three yeah. and i'm like no one it's yeah. like i i had so many like misconceptions about children and i'm like what like the whole process has been like i feel like i've known so many people with i've never heard this like this is how this stuff works yeah. like, like it is truly one of those things that you just never fully understand till you start living it. And and really, I think it, it really evolves. You, the personality evolves and now you're communicating and a two-year-old's telling you jokes and trying to manipulate you and like saying, let's watch football. You want to watch football? And I'm like, okay. And we sit down on the couch and he's like, Toy Story. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, he just tricked me because, <laughs> like, he knows that I love to watch football and got me on the couch to watch football. And then, then, then when I'm like, we're watching football, then he cries. And, like, toy story, toy. and then it's like, okay, God, you got me. You know what I mean? It's and like then you're sitting there watching Toy Story. Yeah, then we're watching Toy Story, right? Like, but I'm just so impressed that how can you be this young and trick me like that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's. Well, he's your son. Yeah, it's like gets it from you or the mom. So, and it's like the beauty of as he's evolving, and it's like, man, you really are like it's that much more endearing and so sweet when like it feels like a little version of you. You know what I mean? Being funny, being a smart ass, like acting all cool. Like it's like it, it. It's incredibly endearing, and and again, you know, for me, you know, part of uh, our plan is five children and and I want to evolve you know I, I explained to my main executive like look my long-term goal here is not to work more mm-hmm. like it's why I'm I'm very careful with how we set up all of these businesses and how uh, what my responsibilities are at all stages and long term I want to have the ability to to peel that back mm-hmm. and, and including working a lot more from home long term in order to be around my children as they get older, as I get older and want to spend more time with them. And again, designing that out ahead of time so that that's not something I've got to go and do one day. 
it's part of like what what the current pathway is now and everybody's expectations are managed against that including my own decision making so that i don't ever end up committing to something that might disrupt that or ever uh, take away from me because the beauty of the setup now is since i don't operate anything i go through the thrill of creation and advise I could literally not talk to one of anyone ever again. And however it plays out, it plays out like yeah. it's not, it, I'm not an essential moving piece in any of them, That's smart. Uh, which gives me then again, that ultimate freedom. Right. And then even how I treat and what, uh, how I run money and look at money based off of the life that I want to live is then built into this entire system. So then I don't even ever have to even think about that again. Like all of it is, is built around, you making the decisions at at all times on on where you want to put your energy and why you want to put it there never being dragged into something or being forced to do something which i would to me is ultimately what you work so hard for and and adds to success happiness and the balance of what i think leads to an extraordinary life you mm. know that's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's so good hearing that. Yeah. I, I can definitely say that my wife and I were pretty much the same where we decided, we practically like went from date one to saying I like you to saying I love you on date two and we knew we were going to get married. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was an incredible connection that we felt immediately and, and we were just certain, we were sure that we were yeah. going to get married. It was just going to happen. And yeah. we've been, you know, we've been together for like just over five years now, total married for two years. We haven't got kids yet, so excited about that as well. And when do you, what, what, what's your, uh, is that like five years from now? Like what's your. For kids? Yeah. Uh, no, in the next couple of years. Yeah. 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 Sooner rather than later. Yeah. Sooner rather than later, but. That's a wild ride. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. I can come. But there's nothing is, it's nothing quite as beautiful as being deeply in love with someone. And what's the ultimate thing that you can, can do is create a life together. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, God, it's like, this is both of us. Yeah. And it's remarkable, you know, and when they yeah. don't want to talk to either of you, it's like, this is so cute. <laughs> it's just like you. This is how you are. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it's that, like, yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. No yeah. Doubt. No, we're excited. We're excited. We'll have to come take uh, classes from you. And yeah. Like, get a night nurse. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that, man. That's awesome, bro. It's been incredible talking to you. I end every interview with my final five questions, five rapid fires, uh, final five minutes. So these are yours, Rob. My first question for you is, you said that you have an unquenchable desire to live life to the fullest. Yeah. How is that happening today? Uh, look, I, I think to today when I say it, uh, it, it has a lot more to do with, with the passions that I have for creating mm -hmm. and, and designing and living out this extraordinary life. You know, I, I think it uh, affords me to, to continue to go on incredible adventures uh, while still being married and having children and and uh, still working so hard every single day and achieving stuff I never thought was possible inside the the framework of of balance and and happiness right mm. so to me that is the fullest right where mm. where you get you're maximizing the output that you're getting that leads to, again, the life you want to lead and, and the legacy you want to leave, leave behind, you know, and, and built on a foundation of, 
doing incredible stunts and multiple television shows and all these bigger-than-life things that one would have been a dream to have, let alone uh, so many different ones, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Second one, you say progression is the key to happiness. Yeah. Define that for us. I, look, I think it's uh, it's pretty binary, man. Like, it's it's you're either dead stopped and uh, you're fully depressed or you're moving forward and you're hopeful. Right. And if you are moving backwards, you're in you're in no man's land. Right. I think it is you got two directions to go. Right. Mm. And and to me, as long as you are consistently moving forward and evolving on on and that's all aspects, that's relationships, that's business, that's uh, health, that's wealth, that's literally all of the core principles that you need to be fulfilled they have to constantly be evolving and growing in, in order to for you to feel the fulfillment that you're, that you're achieving, mm. right? Because without it, you question everything. Like mm. the, if you start to roll back, you, now you spend all your energy not, not pushing things forward and using that momentum. You spend all your energy on questioning and doubting yeah. and like getting into to no man's land. And, and I just think if, if people just focused on that, that it would eliminate so many different things that are, play a part in dragging them down and forcing them into doubt. You know? mm, absolutely. Great answer, man. Number three, uh, what do you do when life doesn't go your way or not as you planned? You know, I, I think it's a, you know, like a pizza bender. You know what I mean? Maybe like, maybe I'll go get Chick-fil-A, man. <laughs> like, you know, I'll binge eat some sweet tarts. You know, but I, I think it's inevitable that you get hammered by stuff. It, it's why it's it's so important for me to build a, a world that's built to withstand it. Mm. And, and I think for me at, at this point, it's the deep faith of your, you got to weather it, right? Mm. It's that deep faith of like, and and knowing that like, this is a moment in time and, you know, one of the beauties of having so many different things uh, going on that give you energy, even one big one that, that rips you apart, you can get pulled out of it real quick by having other ones uh, that are moving at another speed. I think that's a, another piece of my system that really avoids ever getting, getting torn down there. But ultimately it is, you know, it's cliche, but it is, it's a moment in time. And as long as you one foot in front of the other is going to get you out of it and past it and, and wherever you're headed, you know? Nice, man. You told us, fourth one, one away. You told us what you do just before you go to bed. What do you do when you wake up? First thing you do. I mean, I I went to this, um, the great Dr. George Pratt, who's hypnotized me for success when I was 25 years old. He wrote a book called Hyper Success, but he taught me this breathing technique, right? That's just crossing your legs and arm and, and, and rolling up like this and doing this breathing stuff. But I just, for some reason, I just roll into it. Alarm goes off at, at five in the morning. I roll into it and then just immediately give thanks. Nice. Right? Like just like, and it, and it always, and it's not practice, it's pure. It's like your wife, your children, the healthy children, the life. Like this morning I just said, you know, just had some extraordinary, uncontrollable, uh, unexplainable 
explosions of success that I could have never like even imagined over the last mm. last week. And I just said I'm like through all the healthy family, a beautiful wife and family and and their health and just this position that I've put myself in for these incredible things to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it starts my day, but, but keep in mind, like that's a Bible one. Mm -hmm. And then I brush my teeth and I get in that dome mm -hmm. every single day, unwavering. And it is that even if you got, cause sometimes you'll have layers of things on you, like, but you practice gratitude and then get in a manifestation egg you start every day like as crystal clear like and filled with almost no doubt mm. on anything that you're doing on a, on a daily basis right mm. it's an in in a practice that i don't know is realistic for most people most people are like man five in the morning yeah like i can't do it you know and it's like especially going straight into meditation straight up mm. at five in the morning. But again, that's what's so, you know, it's an egg with like lights and like sound. So it's like, you feel like you're like floating in space, but it's, it's been the most significant thing I've done over the last year that has just put me in this much deeper elevated mindset that allows there to be very little days that you're even like, bothered by anything mm -hmm. right it's it's mm -hmm. pretty pretty remarkable now again that's just optimizing what's already a a significantly optimized system right meaning like if you have like a crazy chaotic life and you get up and say so <laughs> grateful for everything yeah. you jump in the dome like yeah. and you get out and yeah. like, it's chaos right like yeah. it it's not going to uh save your life it is the higher level for an already deeply optimized yeah. individual. But at that stage, you begin to see, you can feel changes or nuance, right? Yeah. And you see how things evolve. And, and really even, you know, the joke at my office is like something crazy will happen. It'll be like, did you, did you think about that in the dome today? Yeah. Like it will be <laughs> on that level. I need to check like, out this dome, man. Like, I want to meditate in this dome. Man, the dome, dome, it's so sick. That's like, awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's my, that's yeah. my morning routine. I love it, man. Morning, Thank yeah. you. And fifth and final question. What's your words of wisdom for me as someone who's a, a member of the wellness squad? Oh, words of wisdom guidance yeah for me uh look i i i think as someone who i think is deeply passionate about ultimately helping others that it's defining what your personal value proposition will be inside this world long term that has the ability to serve a purpose that can be shared by many people that say, hey, you need to, if this is where you're at, you need to listen to Jay for this. The more defined and clear your personal value proposition is over time and what you ultimately become specifically known for uh, will turn into the mastery and greatness that I think you ultimately seek. You know what I mean? I love that, man. Thank you so much. Look, I don't know, man, this is a little, getting a little, taking a, Trying to build some brands out here. Trying to build some brands out here. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm so grateful, Rob, for you coming yeah. on. I think we learned so much about you. I love the fact that you were open enough to admit that actually some things are just mystical. They are blessed to be that way. And it's beautiful to discuss it in that way. I think it's, we live in such a world that always wants to break things down. Sometimes it's nice to just see them as they are. So thank you for opening up about your philosophies, your beliefs, a bit on business. We snuck that in there too. 
and your relationship. Thank you so much for sharing yourself, man. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Loved so it. Grateful. Really enjoyed it. Thank appreciate you, man. It. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Thank you.